my India team to come up. Come on, India. Where you at? Can we give our India people a hand clap? You guys can take a break. I know we, I don't, you guys, if you want to stay, you can stay. But, oh, man, O'Shea, why are you trying to look better than me today? You know, they were like Pastor Malik, you know, we wearing black. We wear, they, they shining. They look rich. We had a great time, didn't we, guys? We had a great time in India. Thank you for all your prayers. All of, I mean, I'm just going to start off by saying I want them to share, like, at least one testimony, something powerful that happened, what God did in their hearts. But I, and I'll come at the end and say what I felt like. But I just say this. There are apostles in the earth today that the world has never heard of. They're not on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. They're not on YouTube. They're not taking selfies. They're not building their brand. They're out in the trenches. They're out in the villages. And they're giving their whole life. Their whole families are giving their life. They're going to services after the rice fields are closed. And they're preaching the gospel. And people are being delivered and set free. Be careful. That you not follow a man, but you follow a God. Because there is a move of God that you don't know of. And if you only equate God to what you see on Instagram and Facebook, you will miss your moment. And so I, I just feel this conviction that God is moving so powerfully in the earth today. And this man of God and his wife, Pastor Kumar and his wife, they served us humbly. They served us with hospitality and with honor. And we give God all the praise for their lives. This man ministers to the lowest, and he ministers to people in the highest. One of the testimonies is as we were in the service, one of the officials came, humbled himself to get prayer because it was a time of election. And I want to tell you today, that man is now in power. Glory to God, because God is faithful to hear the prayers of his people. Amen. So many things happen in the area to start. Um, The, the, the testimony that stood out to me the most was um, Malik preached, Pastor Malik, he preached um, the woman with the issue of blood. And, um, and um, many souls were saved, but he released me and um, Pastor O'Shea to, um, <laughs> to, to go and pray for the sick. Because, man, we were, we were seeing so many miracles, like deaf people, um, their ears opened up, like arthritis, like... like Backs, bent backs were straightened up, like so many stuff, you know, and um, he released us. And um, we went back home, and one of the pastor's sons, they came to, to, to the apartment, and they said, um, yo, Marcus, like, there was a crippled lady, and um, she had some blood issue, and when she touched your shirt, because Pastor Malik, he, he gave a prophetic word that God is going to heal. And um, he was, they were like, she was completely healed, like, like, she just like... And um, I was like, God was moving in, 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 in such oneness, like the prophet, the apostle, bishop, he, he gave like the word and then like God just started to show up and show off, like he started to blow our minds. And um, it just shows me that, you know, like God wants to use all of us. It's not about us, but it's about him. And we need to, to reach to the place where when we come into his presence, we need to take ourselves out of the equation where he does everything, you know? And God told me that, you know, we need to stop living in a place of his superficial presence because we could create that and step into his supernatural presence where everything becomes about him. And, you know, you know, being intimate is good. We love to be intimate. We love to spend time in his presence. We love to spend time in his glory. And that's foundational, right? 
but like we don't want to be so heavenly good that we know earthly good you know and god wants a people that when he when he speaks to us when he gives us encounters that we would obey and execute because there's a people that needs us there's a people that needs the glory that we carry you know he's looking for vessels to be used and i was telling someone yesterday you know um it might sound funny but sometimes god just wants donkeys that he could ride on and this might sound so bad but those donkeys they carry jesus wherever he wanted to go and god wants Presence carriers, glory carriers that could release his anointing, that could heal the sick, that could go. Because we would spend so much time, you know, I was telling Pastor Malik, you know, conferences is good. You know, all this stuff is good. Services are good. Deliverance meetings are good. But we could gather, and if one soul doesn't come to Christ, then we kind of fail. Because God said to be fruitful and multiply, and the church have become so much you know, into being fruitful that we forget that it's about multiplication as well, right. you know. So as his people, you know, I pray that, you know, I'm, and I'm speaking to myself as well. I'm not looking down at anyone, you know. We are all in the same place. I'm learning. And I pray that, you know, as we carry his presence, we carry his heart. And um, I pray that, you know, we don't become fat in the church, <laughs> but we exercise his presence, his glory, and we show up and show up. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> The brother, the prince, Ramjit Singh. Listen, y'all. Uh, <laughs> the anointing was so heavy, like everywhere. We would be praying, like before service. You could barely like stand, and you just be like feeling it. It was, whoop. and then so, uh, brother Marcus, pray for pray for somebody. There is God open, right? Then he did it again. Then he did it again. And then after he did it, one, one of the pastors came up. He was like, listen, man, can you pray for me? Um, I was doubting before, but I'll never doubt again. <laughs> and just like, just, just for me personally, like, miracles are great. Um, signs are great. Wonders are great. But just like seeing God birth something in another country like, reminds you that the Holy Spirit is the same everywhere, that he wants to do the same thing everywhere. So if not, if there, why not here? Um, and then uh, just just last thing, like, the joy that was released in that place. Like, it, like it, it got to the point where <laughs> Marcus would get up and he would, like, be about to speak. And Pastor Kumar is a very serious man. But... Pastor Kumar was a very serious man. <laughs> and he would just be laughing. They'd be laughing for five minutes. And then we'd be at the house cracking jokes. Listen, y'all. Listen, I'm going to be real. I got roasted by a 57-year-old man. It was bad. You know, like, I got roasted so bad I couldn't even say nothing. Uh, but God is good, y'all. God is good. He brought me through it, Lord. Lord's my shepherd. Uh, anyways, anyways. So, nah, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for um, your giving. Um, yeah, God is amazing. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. And we have some pictures. I want to share one testimony. And at the same house, we were praying, uh, not the house, we had, we had felt like the Lord said to pray, uh, like to move from intimacy into intercession. 
and sometimes, you know, we want to stay in that place of his presence and his glory and basking, but we felt like we needed to shift into intercession. So we began to shift into intercession. That's the same night that, um, that we saw the deaf ears begin to open. But I began to preach, and that's Pastor Kumar right there, and that is his wife, Grace, and our wonderful team. Uh, and so want to go to the next one? All right, stay right there. And so we were preaching the same service where the man got healed with the ears. The Lord said, this is a prophetic night. Because I, I got to be honest with you, I didn't really know how to minister in this capacity, in this place. It was all new for me, but how many know the Holy Spirit does? And so every day there was to be a new message. It would be new revelation. And so in this particular time, I just began to prophesy over the house, kind of like what we do here in Relentless and say, we're going to be this and we're going to do this. And this is the kind of ministry that we're going to have. And I just had this liberty because this was Pastor Kumar's um, son's church. He, his son had a church. His other son had a church. And his wife had a church. Everybody had a church. Everybody got churches up in here. And so Kumar wasn't playing. He said, this is all for the glory of God. I said, amen, brother. And so, um, and so I was preaching and I was saying, this is the house of his presence. And I talked about the man that was let down in the roof because there was so much people that he, people couldn't get in, but the power of God. And I just began to declare that the power of God is here. And I'm telling you, the power of God is here today. The power of God is here this morning. And as we began to prophesy this, all of a sudden there was a commotion outside because this dear young girl, 17 years old, when she walked on the prophecy, uh, the property, the prophecy hit her, the realm of the spirit hit her and she began to manifest and demons began to come out to her before she even got into the service and we don't put this up here to uh, uh, mimic her God delights in those that he delivers some of y'all need to lay out but you're too prideful and then let's go to the next one and so boom now we're in the service and this is happening and go to the next one and she comes in delivered oh no this is the wrong pictures but that's okay that's another service 700 people came and then go to the next one is it there no, go to the next one. You, you see, oh, but stop here. So I'll just tell you the story. So basically, she got delivered, she got set free, and God is doing an amazing thing. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? And I'm going to tell you about this. This is another testimony. This, this, oh, and the pastor, Kumar, was amazed. He said, oh, my gosh, you preach about it, and then it happened. I mean, he kept saying it over on the mic over and over again. We came home because the first message I actually preached, and his wife rebuked him. And so I was just sitting there drinking my tea, chai tea or boost or whatever. I'm so glad for Starbucks. That's all I got to say because I was not hype after any of that coffee. I was like, this is, thank you, thank you. I receive it in Jesus' name. Um, so, um, we, um, so we were sitting in a chair. His wife comes in, and, and his, uh, he looks at me. He said, Pastor Malik, my wife said, my, my wife rebuked me. She said, uh, we, we have to stop bringing you to the small meetings, and we have to bring, now, when you come back next time, we're going to bring you guys to before tens of thousands. We need to bring you before greater. And listen, when this man says he can do it, he can do it. So we're going to need a group of y'all next year to come to work the altars, to come, listen, God is moving. But God, I'm telling you what God does. If you, this is what God told me about D.C. If we were not just focus on the White House, and standing before the White House and praying and prophesying, but if we would go to the low places, if we would go to the dark places and prophesy and speak the word and declare the gospel, God said he will open up all of D.C. to us. And so in the same way, the day before, we went to this village. This woman right here with the Bible in her hand standing in the front, she uh, was the first Christian in her Hindu village to come to Jesus. And as a result of Pastor Kumar's work, and a result of that, 
These people that are gathering around her and more were in the meeting uh, have come to Jesus. She is one out of 23. And so now we're praying and we prophesy that when we come back next year, that the whole village would be saved. We went to another Hindu village just like that. And the same thing happened. We had one meeting in the house and it was great. But then the next night, that's when the woman got healed with the issue of blood and God began to break out. Let me tell you something. God is moving in India. Uh, let me let me try this side. God is moving in India. But I want to tell you, God is moving here, and God is using our church. It's not about me. Listen, I never, I'm telling you, I told Marcus and O'Shea on the way there, I never want this church to be wrapped around a personality unless it's the personality of Jesus. I know God uses me. I know I'm anointed. I know who I am. But I want to tell you, I know who you are. And that the same way that God uses me, he can use you. Glory to God. And God used you in your prayers. And we saw hundreds come to Jesus. We saw hundreds healed. And we're going back again to bring them even greater glory and greater grace. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap and say amen. Thank you, guys. I know I only have a couple minutes now. But that's okay. Somebody say that's okay. And I just want to drop this one thing on you. Somebody say glory to God. I feel an anointing. Some of y'all need to say, sign me up. And one way that you say, well, I don't feel equipped for this. Guess what? September, we have a Bible, a supernatural school of ministry. We'll get you ready in a couple months. And we'll put, all you got to do is believe for your ticket. And we'll set it up. Glory to God. So that we can see the glory of God hit that place. Um, I just want to give you something quick that the Lord gave me. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down. You know, we've been reading this scripture about uh, the Lord saying, my presence will go with you. But I want to read you something else. Second Samuel chapter six, verse one through 10. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. And all of his men went to Bela in Judah to bring up the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. And they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, and which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Aho and sons of Abinadab were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it. And Aho, whatever his name, Ohio, somebody, some Michigan, somebody, help me out here, was walking, you know, <laughs> Kalamazoo, was walking in front of it. And David and all, yes, Lord, move in Kalamazoo, glory to God. Listen, I just go, I'm going for it. David and all Israel was celebrating with all their might before the Lord with, I mean, harps and lyres and timbrels and sistrums were with types of percussions and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor, when they came to the threshing floor, something begins to happen when you come to the threshing floor. <laughs> they came to the threshing floor of Nikon. Use Oh, Lord, help me here. I'm trying to be serious. I'm trying. This is supposed to be convicting. Yuza reached out and took a hold of the ark of God because the oxen, uh, oxen stumbled. <laughs> and the Lord's anger burned <laughs> against Yuza because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. And David was angry, not at the Lord, but because the Lord's wrath was broken out against Yuza. And to this day, the place is called Perez Yuza. That means that and David was afraid of the Lord and said, how can the ark of the Lord, how can the presence of God ever come to me? 
He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And it goes on to say that Obed-Edom was in the glory and he was being straight up blessed. So we want to put an emphasis and we put an emphasis on the presence of God. And we said if his presence doesn't go with us, we won't go. If his presence is on it, we don't want to do it. We're a presence-centered church. We're a presence-driven church. God, a presence-driven church is God's church first culture, you know. We're coming into the presence, and he's not coming into ours. But this is what I find. People want the presence, but they don't want the process. And when I was praying last night, I heard the Lord say, tell my people, you got to desire the process as much as you do the presence. We want the presence. We want to carry the presence, but not the process. We don't want to carry the process. We want to carry the presence. Why? Because we want the end result. This this story is full of prophetic insight. I'm reading from here because if I don't, I'm just going to fall out. The presence of God is not something that we can take lightly. I love what Brother Marcus, Prince Rams, whatever, Sing Ching, Ram, very good day, sir. Pastor, hey, listen, let me tell you something what God did. While we were in the land, let me tell you how God does it. We were in the land. Has anybody heard of Pastor Rambo? Pastor Rambabu, this man supernaturally texted me, said, hey, this guy is connected to Reinhardt Bunky, has crusades of 700,000, and said, welcome to my land. Don't tell me that God's not moving supernaturally. Matter of fact, he said, I'm coming in June to America. I would love to come to your church. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> moving right along. I got to quit, but this is so good. It's so yummy. What was I saying? <laughs> ah! Process. Process. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of my sisters out there know what I'm talking about. Process. Have you been processed? No, <laughs> Listen to this. So the problem with the process is that the, from the, in your eyes, it looks good. You like it when it looks good. 30,000 able young men, they had a new cart. Come on, somebody. We all love the new minister on town. We love the new thing that God is doing, supposedly. They had the music. They had the sound. They were excited. It said 30,000 able young men. But I want to tell you, just because someone is able doesn't mean that they're anointed. I want to move from my ability to his. The anointing is God's ability, not mine. They had a new cart. They were looking to bring the ark back to Jerusalem in style. Nothing wrong with that, but God is not looking for style. He's not looking for innovation. He's not looking for moderism. He's looking for obedience and conformism and transformation in the word. Okay, y'all ain't drunk no more. Amen. <laughs> But when they came to the threshing floor, somebody got to catch this today because some of y'all are in a threshing floor moment. And when they came to the threshing floor, the threshing place is a place of separation where God separates the grain and the shaft. Woo! There's a whole lot of separation going on. Glory to God. 
And Matthew, Jesus, John the Baptist is talking. He said that I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire and his windowing fork, which is a tool used in the harvest. He said he will have it in his hand and he will clear the threshing floor. Gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the shaft with unquenchable fire. So what looks great to you could be judged on the threshing floor. The word of God will prove when it came to the threshing floor, everything was good. All the dancing was good. All the singing was good. All the instruments was in tune. But something happens when you come to the threshing place, the threshing floor of God. We love results. We love to look good while we get there too. But if there's anything I've learned in 20 years of walking with Jesus, there's a process called death. Many of us don't like to walk through crushing, being led into the wilderness. Oh, no, no, no. We're in New Testament. Jesus was led. Why, aren't you, why wouldn't you be? Jesus was tempted. Why wouldn't you be? See, we want the power, but we don't want the process. We want the presence, but we don't want the process. But I want to tell you that the process will bring you from the flesh to the spirit. It'll bring your will to his will, and it'll bring your way to his way. Can I get an Amen. I'm almost done. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it's in is the way of death. The oxen stumbled. The oxen can represent two things. It can, number one, it can represent stubbornness. And at the threshing floor, in the presence of God, stubbornness will stumble. But it also represents apostolic order. An apostle is seen as an oxen. But I fear that too many people that are called as apostles are not following the protocol of heaven. And so what is happening is that we're dropping the presence of God. We're stumbling at the presence of God. We're getting caught up in our personalities. We're getting caught up in the next book we're going to write, but not caught up enough in the presence of God. I want to tell you it's the presence that produces. And so, my God, I got so much more, but I got to end. The oxen stumbled. Oxen can be stubborn animals. They can have fortitude and strength to plow. But in this case, they stumbled because they met the threshing floor. They met the judgment of God. And this can seem harsh and draw a picture of, what, of God that's not true, though. I want to read this that someone wrote about this incident. They said, the sad story of Uzzah, Fatal's attempt to steady the ark of God is a painful lesson, underscoring the necessity of doing what is right in God's eyes. Not in our own eyes. The tendency to do what seems good in our own eyes is at the heart of human rebellion against the authority of God. Similar, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, today, too often the standard of determining what is good is approached from the vantage point of our own personal opinion. What is right in our eyes, rather than through the lens of the biblical principles. Yet, as the incident with Uzziah shows, what is right in our eyes is irrelevant and frequently disastrous. This is what God said. I'm going to try to read through it quick, and we're going to end. Exodus 35, 14 through 15. He said, insert the poles into the rings of the sides of the ark to carry it. He never said, make a new cart. He never said, try to reinvent the wheel. He never said, you know, do this and do that. I fear that sometimes we're doing things to produce the presence instead of getting in the process to get in the presence that actually produces the power. 
He said the poles are to remain in the rings of the ark. They are not to be removed. I didn't hear nothing about a pole. Deuteronomy 10, 8 says, at that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord. To do what? The tribe of Eli was called, uh, Levi was called to carry the ark. To stand before the Lord, to minister, pronounce blessing in his name as they still do today. Number 7, 9. Moses did not give any to the Kohatites because they were to carry on their shoulders. The Lord had a way that he wanted his presence to be carried. And I want to tell you that even though there was a lot of noise and there was a lot of celebration and there was able people, they were missing out on this essential of obedience to God. It, and obedience comes from a place of faith. Hello? Obedience always comes out of what you believe. Whatever you believe, we get it twisted in the body. We say, well, I got to be obedient. I got to do what God says. But first, you got to believe him first. And somehow, this is why David got up so upset. He wasn't upset at the Lord. He was, I believe he was upset at himself because he knew there was a protocol, but he got caught up in the hype. And because he got caught up in the hype, people were dying. I never want to be a minister. I never want to be a leader that gets so caught up in the hype that I lose people. That people are dying all around me, but all I can get, all I can hear is the sound of drums and the sound of music. I'd rather have no instruments and nothing in the presence. I'd rather have, come on somebody. I don't want to get caught up in just a sound. I want to get caught up in his sound. Let me end with this. If God had compromised his holiness by overlooking Uzzah and David's lack of care and respect, people could understandably conclude that his holiness was not as big of an issue and begin to treat God with disrespect in other ways. By showing his seriousness, God sought to protect the people from making that destructive mistake. Have anybody heard of Aniah and Sapphira? It is real. We don't like to talk about it in the church because we want to focus on the goodness of God. But how about the goodness of God was taking these people out so the rest of the people didn't fall into the same sin. And then they have nothing to produce. Okay, I might be talking to the wrong church. I might be messing up some theology right now. But it's in the word. And the word works. Amen. All I'm trying to do is we need to return back to the fear of the Lord. And say, God, I don't want to just sing another song. I want to sing it the way you want me to sing it. I don't want to just do another dance. I want to dance the way you want me to dance. I don't want to just do church as usual. I want to do it like you want me to do it. I don't want to just do it because this person says it on the radio. This person says it on this. I want to do it because you're speaking to my heart. Uzziah, which means strength, died to steady the ark. And because he touched it, he died. Your strength will not be able to bring you into what God has called you to do. Let me end with this. Stand up on your feet. Oh, my gosh. We got to get out of here. Let's get the instruments up. 2 Samuel 6, 1, uh, 11 through 15. The ark remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord did what? Blessed him. And his entire household. How many know that the, the presence of God was in the process itself? 20 years before that, the ark was taken by the Philistines. And you know what happened? All hell broke loose. People, mice were showing up. Tumors were showing up on people. All crazy stuff was happening because they didn't know how to carry the presence of God. Hello? The, the enemies of God tried to carry the presence. I'm telling you, the enemy, your enemy is never called to carry the presence of God. You are called to carry the presence of God. And so the ark was brought into the house of, I, I forgot the guy's name. I think it was Kenadab Ken, or somebody. Somebody with a name I can't pronounce. 
And the Bible said that they were blessed. There's a, there's a, there's a principle here. Is that if you're willing to go through the process, if you're willing to do it God's way, you will see the blessing of God on your life. God has already blessed you. In Christ, we have already been blessed. But the truth is, beloved, many times as Christians, we're still trying to do it in our own strength. We're still trying to do even church and ministry in our own way. And I want to tell you, when we do this, we forfeit the true power, the authentic power. Even like what Marcus said, the, you know, the, you know, the, we're, we're forfeiting the supernatural for just the whatever. How many know I don't want a whatever anointing? I don't want a whatever presence. I never want to come in God's house in a whatever way. And if I have to stay on my knees until I've, I see God, I will. Because I believe that God has called this church to a new place of glory after today. To a new place of his presence. And I'm telling you, and I'm beseeching you, and I'm asking you. I've been going through a process over these last two years. And I believe that I'm going to continue to go through a process. And I will not forfeit the glory of God for what looks easy and what looks convenient. I will search for him. And I will seek for him until I find him. And then I won't let go. And so if you want a church that's just going to patty cake with God and get hype, but there's no power and there's no presence, then this is the wrong place because relentless, God is calling us up a little bit higher. I'm not downgrading any other ministry. I believe that there are ministries that God has called specifically and they have specific designs and ways. I'm just talking about as for me and my house. Y'all my house? Two people in my house, y'all my house? We're going to serve the Lord. And guess what? We're going to do it God's way. Now, the King David was told that the Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Eden. Obed-Edom actually means the servant of God. So God blesses his servants. Glory to God. And he says he blessed him because the ark of God was there. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Okay, David, let's see if you got it right this time. And he said, when those, somebody say those, who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps. So it wasn't no longer held by a cart, but now it was held on the shoulders of the Levites. Will you be the ones today that will carry the presence of God? Will you trust the Lord that you can carry the presence of God? And when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, Six, I believe, represents man. Say, God, we can only do, we, this is as far as we can go. Without you, we can't do it. And he said, he sacrificed a bull and fattened calf wearing a leaf and, uh, linen ephod. David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. There was a different sound that was being released now. It didn't say that there was drums and it was all it said. It said the trumpets were beginning to shout. The trumpets speak of the prophetic and God's voice was coming back into the land and God's voice was coming back into Israel. And I want to tell you, the voice of the Lord is going to break forth in relentless like never before. And so I challenge you, I beseech you, come to the threshing floor. Come to the place of surrender. Come to the place where we say, God, not my will, but let your will be done. You don't have to experience what David experienced. But you will experience a level of death. You will die to yourself. But God is processing you so that you can go from the flesh to the spirit. That you can go from his will, your will to his will. And you can go from your way to Yahweh. Amen.
Come on, let's lift up our hands to the Lord right now. Father, we give you all of the glory today. Father, I pray that as we've listened to your word, as we've stood in your presence, God, I pray that you would challenge us to take time to spend in your presence, to take time to spend in your glory, and to look at your word, God, where you have put protocol in place, God. So, Lord, I pray that you would cause us to go deeper into the, the riches of your word, God, so that we can follow after your way, God. And, Father, even as Jesus prayed on that day when he was given his life, over that he said Lord not my will but let your will be done can we just all say that together Lord not my will but let your will be done come on say it like you believe it today Lord not my will come on begin to talk to him Lord not my will but let your will be done not my way but let your ways be done God we give you our heart today and we want to be like Obed-Edom we want to be the servants of God whom the presence of the Lord blesses so Lord thank you for what you're doing in this place we humble ourselves underneath your mighty hand, knowing that you're going to exalt us in due time. Can somebody give the Lord a big hand clap today? Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash Relentless DC.